Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics and all things in between. I'm Derek. <laughs> um, I hate manufactured drama, y'all. I mean, and I know that, obviously, writing a book is literally manufacturing drama because any stories or any issues that come from the book are completely fabricated, but even within a book, and right now we are on part seven of Old Thought Next Door by Quan Mills. Even with a book where you are writing um, the story yourself, you can still avoid manufacturing drama, which is, in my opinion, um, creating issues where there shouldn't be an issue. Uh, in the last episode, we uh, read that uh, Vernita... Uh, found out that Lamar was a guy that she had fucked on a cruise. First of all, in the last ish, in the last uh, episode, we found out that Alice had a heart attack, uh, which is scary. It's always scary. And um, so Vernita uh, rushed off to the hospital with Alice's daughter, Charday. And when they got there, you know, um, they went out to smoke a cigarette to calm their nerves and everything. When they came back in, there was a whole bunch of security. So they were trying to figure out what the security was for. It turned out it was for Lamar, um, Alice's fiance. See, I thought that he had poisoned her. So I'm glad they, they dead at that early because I don't know if my heart could have taken that. Um, but they um, find out that Lamar is somebody. They didn't indicate who he is or what special thing he did where he needs security. But uh, Vernita took a look at him and realized she fucked him. And uh, she was feeling really bad because she had fucked uh, her best friend's fiance. But the problem is she stated uh, in, in, in her lambasting herself I guess she stated that she had fucked this man years and years ago during a month-long cruise to the Caribbean like if that's not the most random thing in the world like the most random matching in the world like I don't understand what the big deal is like you and Alice were literally at the club together at least seven months ago uh, with other men um, at the Steppers Lounge. So I don't understand why you are so hung up and so concerned about the fact that you had sex with a man uh, years before. I, um, I think that that's honestly Quan Mills writing, thinking that women would be ashamed that they uh, slept with somebody and then that somebody got with their friend, but they, they, the, the other person, Lamar didn't even know about Alice. And, and, and so it's really just pulling things out of mid air, you know, to or thin air uh, to make into a, 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 a drama that doesn't need to be there to stretch the book out is what it seems like. The book is dramatic enough as it is. I mean, we're worried about Alice right now. And 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 Miss Bernita still has a brain cancer and she just got dicked down, but she don't know if she got drugged with ecstasy or what it was or if it was Percocet. 
Percocet, I don't know the song. Molly Percocet, I don't remember. Mask on, mask off. I don't remember all the words. Fuck future. Get money. But um, yeah, let's let's see what happens next. And everybody who's been listening, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really enjoying reading this. I'm really enjoying this podcast. Um, and this is something that <laughs> when I go on a trip where I'm driving or something, and my wife is in the car and my kids aren't. That's important. When my kids aren't in the car, my wife and I can listen to this together and just really discuss it. And I hope that that's what y'all are able to do too. So um, if you're feeling it, just leave a five-star review uh, wherever you listen to the podcast at. Let me know where you're listening to the podcast at because I don't know where you can get five-star reviews from. And and me and Apple, I mean, I'm going to keep saying if you can't leave a five-star review anywhere else, just go to Apple. But I'm sure they're not the only ones. (sighs) And with that said, uh, here's the next chapter in Old Thought Next Door. Chapter 13. Child, ain't nobody got no time to be caught up in some bullshit. So rather than go back in the room, I snuck out of the hospital and jetted right the fuck back to Paulette. Once I chucked the engine on, I sped out of the parking lot and zipped right back home. A minute later, my phone began ringing. I looked down and instantly recognized it was Sade's number. I wonder why she had this new phone number. Then again, it was probably because her broke ass probably got one of the new government phones. Broke ho. Miss Vernita, where are you? You still in the bathroom? Nah, girl, I'm sorry, but I had to zip back home because I forgot my medicine, I quickly lied. And I also think I left my stove on. I'm going to be back up there maybe later tonight. Is everything all right? Oh, dang. Why don't you come back to the room to tell us? Girl, I had to leave immediately. I got to take this medicine at a certain time, but I'm going to be back up there. I promise. I lied again. Ain't no way in hell I was going to meet Lamar again. Not now. Not ever. If Alice ever found out what happened between us, I just knew she'd be devastated. And then she might have another heart attack and die if she survives this one. Now, you, you know what? I'm going to keep going. Oh, all righty then. Well, call me once you come back up here. I may need another ride because you know I ain't really getting along with my nieces and new like that, explained Charday. I instantly rolled my eyes. Bitch better get on a bus or something because I sure wasn't running my ass back up to the hospital, at least not anytime soon. If I went back, I was going to have to make sure Lamar's ass wasn't there. Okay, I will, I said, and then I hung up. Minutes later, I got back home, jetted right into my house, and made my way to my bathroom inside my bedroom. I needed a hot-ass bath with lots of Epsom salt and lavender. It was just too much bullshit going on. Too, too much. Just when I was getting my mojo, it seemed like life was throwing me some more bullshit to deal with. After I fixed my bath, I now found myself laying in the tub, sipping on some Hennessy and smoking me a big joint. If Chardé called, I was just going to ignore her calls and then text her in the morning that I got super sick and fell asleep. I laid in the tub for a good two hours, damn near drifting off to sleep. The combination of weed, liquor, and bath worked some good magic on me because I didn't feel as frazzled and nauseated anymore. Although I was a tad upset about Alice's condition, I was just going to have to let that go and let God. Besides, there was nothing I could do other than just hope and pray everything would be okay. Yeah, a part of me felt very guilty for storming out of the hospital and abandoning my girl and her family in a time of need. But hey, it is what it is. I just need to come up with a way to make sure Lamar never recognized me. But that just seemed impossible at this point. I was going to have to eventually meet this nigga face to face. But just thinking about that cruise years back, child, I was getting so moist thinking about it all over again. Lamar was such a gentleman, too. Too bad I didn't want to take things any further with him. At the time, I just wanted a good dick down and nothing else. Ironically, he wanted us to continue talking after the cruise ended, but I wasn't going for any of that. Well, it seemed like Alice found her a good catch, if she survived. The next morning, I woke up and at 7 a.m. on the dot, 
See, some of this stuff, y'all, I got to let you know. Some of this stuff, I'm reading exactly how he says in the book. If I fuck up, you never fucking know it because I go back and edit it. So if there's uh, something where I read it wrong, just know that that shit's literally in the book, which should have been edited by editor. But you know what? I'm also going to read some Chuck Tingle books somewhere down the line. I'm already knowing that. That's going to happen. Okay, let's go. Because, you know, Chuck Tingle makes those dragon found my asshole <laughs> type. But I'm sorry. Let's go. The following morning, I woke up and it's 7 a.m. on the dot and gave a ring to my oncologist's office. I wanted to book an appointment with this white man ASAP because I was going to tell him to his face that I was going to get a second opinion about my cancer. Ain't no way in hell I was going to be content anymore with just not doing anything about this. I wanted to live. I had to live. Shit, I had too much in me to just let my life end this way. Like I told y'all, Bernita wanted to go off soft as cream in my sleep. Ain't no way in hell I was going to allow myself to die a painful death. Cancer just seemed too depressing and grueling. No, ma'am, I wasn't going to speak that into my life. The receptionist luckily managed to squeeze me into a 9 a.m. appointment. So I quickly hopped out of bed, took a shower, threw an outfit on, and made my way out the door. But before I walked up to my car, I looked across the lawn and saw a neon Dodge Charger parked out in the front. My curiosity was immediately piqued as there was only one thing I knew about those who drove Chargers. Usually it's a nigga with the biggest dick. A roughneck felony having thug nigga too. And y'all already knew just how I craved me some felony nigga dick. There was a part of me that wanted to quickly jot over and see if anyone was home to introduce myself. I just had to know who my new neighbors were. Girl, if you don't stop with your crazy ass, I mumbled to myself then chuckled. Shaking my head in my craziness, I just kept laughing to myself as I hopped in Paulette, chucked up the engine, and made my way to the oncologist's office. The doctor's office wasn't too far away from my townhouse, so about seven minutes later, I pulled into the parking garage, parked, and made my way inside. Once I checked in with the receptionist, I was escorted to an examination room and was told the doctor would be with me shortly. Damn near 30 minutes went by and this old honky still hadn't came in yet shortly my ass didn't even peek his head in just to tell me he was running behind this is exactly why i was going to change my doctors this white man had me all the way fucked up if he thought i had all the motherfucking patience in the world to wait on his ass i had other shit to do today and just like that the door cracked open and to my surprise some asian man bumbled through the door with this weird smile on his face miss washington pleasure to meet you I'm Dr. Chang Lee. Slightly rolling my eyes to the ceiling, I replied, I'm fine, doctor, doing just well. I've never met you before. Why are you here? He, he didn't ask how she was doing. He didn't, not, not at all. I guess she's mad. That's why she rolled her eyes. I don't know. Well, I don't know if the nurse made you aware, but Dr. Newman had a sudden medical emergency and he's gonna be out of the office indefinitely. Dr. Chang Lee explained as he sat down and fumbled through some paperwork on his clipboard. But oddly enough, before you came in, I've been going over your scans, tests, and whatnot, and I am so thoroughly confused. Well, I'm glad you are confused because the reason why I came in today was just to let Dr. Newman know I was going to be going to another doctor to get a second opinion about my diagnosis. I am not satisfied with his level of care. He just pretty much told me there was nothing much I could do but let time go by and from there consider different pain treatments. I am not ready to die. Dr. Chang Lee pursed his lips and didn't say a word. He looked back down at his clipboard, rummaging through the thick water paper clip to it. I understand. Well, I, um, I think before you do that, we should run a few more blood tests right now just to check on a few things. I um, think getting a second opinion is a good thing, but before you do that, I think we should just run a few more tests just to see what the progress is of the tumor. My face screwed up in disgust. The hell for what? Uh-uh, no, hell no. Nah. Y'all just trying to keep me. All y'all care about is money. Miss Washington, I, um, 
I don't know how to explain this, but I think it's very important that we we go ahead and run another battery of tests on you just to just to confirm what I said. But this time my tone was a bit loud and angry. I was so sick of that shit. Well, I think that there's a remote possibility that there may have been some small mix-ups in your file. I just want to make sure that before you run and get that second diagnosis that you hear from us first. All of a sudden, this feeling of confusion swarmed me. What in the hell are you talking about? Dr. Chang Lee said, well, Dr. Newman has been getting up in age and his vision has been a bit muddled. There's a possibility that your cancer may not be as advanced as we initially thought. In fact, you may not necessarily have cancer at all. My eyes widened with shock. Excuse me? Say that again? Why, yes. Unfortunately, there may have been some serious issues with how Dr. Newman diagnosed your tumor. I have a feeling that you may have just developed a small, benign, non-cancerous mass. It's actually very common, but Dr. Newman may have misread some of your charts and scans and diagnosed you to, with an advanced form of cancer. You have got to be fucking kidding me. So you mean to tell me all this fucking time I didn't have cancer? Please, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I noticed very alarming and we're coming through all Dr. Newman's files to see if this happened to any other patients, the doctor tried to explain. However, by this point, every motherfucking thing this man had to say went through one ear and out the other. I'll be damned. For the last six months or so, I've been walking around here thinking that my days on earth was numbered and I'd soon be going on to glory. But no, lo and behold, all this time I was fine, but I was still confused. So wait one damn minute. If I didn't have cancer, then why the hell do I have these dizzy spells and, and why does my vision go in and out? Well, that's very common symptomology associated with these types of benign tumors, he explained. He continued, vertigo, dizziness, loss of vision, headaches. Some of these symptoms run congruent with worse tumors, but nonetheless, in time, tumors like this stop growing and sometimes they just go away altogether. That might be the case with your situation. I shook my head in total disbelief. A part of me was definitely relieved to a degree that if this doctor was telling the truth and he wasn't misdiagnosing me. But there was another part of me that was fuming with rage. I had to sue the hell out of y'all. Y'all could have killed me. I know. I'm sorry, Miss Washington. I really am. I was walking around here with all types of anxiety and depression. I completely understand, Mrs. Washington, Dr. Chang Lee said as he looked back at his clipboard. This is a very unfortunate situation, but the good thing is once we run these blood tests, we can make a final confirmation that everything for the most part is fine. But I have to ask Miss Washington, what, what's that? Well, going through your medical history, some years ago, you were prescribed a medication called Miraprex. I believe your GP or family physician might have given it to you to help with restless leg syndrome. Yes, I still take that from time to time, especially when my legs get really bad, but it doesn't bother me. Why do you ask? Are you aware of some of the other side effects of this drug? My eyes boomed wide open once again. No, what, what, what kind of side effects? Dr. Chan Lee cleared his throat and said, <clears throat> well, I don't know if your GP explained to you exactly how this drug works. Mirapex is the brand name, but it's commonly known as Premipexol. It's what we call an anti-Parkinsonian dopaminergen. My mouth flung wide open. Huh? What? All of this is over my head. Break it down in layman's terms. Yes, sorry. He cleared his throat again. <clears throat> well, 
Mirapex is usually prescribed to people who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It's supposed to help them with their twitches because their nervous system is failing. But sometimes it's used for people with restless leg syndrome. However, the drug is currently under major investigation by the FDA because it can cause the growth of these types of tumors you are experiencing right now. Also, a lot of patients who are prescribed this drug end up, mm, well, they end up developing hypersexuality. I'm confused. Please just, just get to the goddamn point. Y'all done already made me mad. This may seem like an inappropriate question, but have you been sexually promiscuous since you started taking this drug? I, I didn't know what to say. Um, I, um, it's okay. I'm sorry I asked, but you don't have to answer. But if you may, let us run the necessary blood test so we can clear you. And then my recommendation is that we switch you to another medication for your restless leg syndrome as soon as possible. I, my mind was drawing blanks. So you said this medication can cause people to be promiscuous? I mean, I still have sexual relations every now and then, but, but, um, is that necessarily a bad thing? Dr. Chang Lee shrugged his shoulders. I guess it depends on how comfortable you are with how the medication makes you feel. These types of drugs often turn people into compulsive sex addicts and gamblers. They feel like they're losing control. They often end up engaging in very risky sexual behavior. Even in my age? Oh yes, even in your age. Wow, okay, um, this is a lot. This is just too much. I'm gonna talk to my lawyer about all this mess. I understand completely, Miss Washington, but please, in the meantime, let us run these additional tests. Fine. I had enough and I just wanted to get the hell up out this office. This is just way too much for my mind to handle. Way too much shit was going on, and now it seemed like the one thing that was for sure going to kill me was going to be all this anxiety and panic. These doctors were straight up reckless. I should have known better and tried to find me a black doctor because these white doctors, I swore, were on a mission to kill us black folks. I agreed to let this damn new doctor run all the necessary tests on me. I had to stay behind an extra hour or so for them to quickly get the results. And lo and motherfucking behold, I was cancer free. Never even had it from the very beginning. Once I was done, I stormed out of the office and headed back to my car. Inside, I just sat in the driver's seat staring at the steering wheel, wondering who was I really? I couldn't believe a medication could make me the freak I was. Nevertheless, the more I thought about it, the more it all made sense. I started taking that goddamn medication right around the time Clarence was getting admitted to long-term nursing after his stroke. This explains so much. I started taking that medication and I turned into a whole-ass sex addict. But truth be told, I loved it. Yeah, there were moments where I felt out of control. But baby, I loved it. I absolutely loved all of it. And I'll be damned if I'm going to stop taking the medicine if it made Vernita fuck like a beast. Shit. So one of the things I hated most about uh, this show called Empire, if y'all listening to this 20 years from now, that's that's the show that happened. It had Terrence Maine Howard in it and Taraji P. Henson and a whole fucking lot of singing, like a whole lot of singing. Oh my God, so much fucking singing. Like I fucking hate musicals. Only like, like two musicals and they're not Empire. Let's put it like that shit. And it's not shine either. Um, one of the things I hated about that show was that at the beginning of the show, they said that the lead character or one of the lead characters, Lucius Lyon, 
um, had like a brain tumor or something like that. And the shit was inoperable and he was going to die and he was keeping it a secret from everybody. And then he was getting weaker and weaker and all this kind of shit. And they went through a whole fucking season with him having this issue. And then when they found out that the show was popular and that it wasn't going to be canceled at the end of the season, because it was a black show with a whole bunch of black people and Fox don't support black folks like that. You know, they don't fuck with us like that. When they found out the show was popular and that motherfucker liked the show, all of a sudden, lo and behold, this motherfucker pops up with no tumor for no fucking reason. Like, misdiagnosis, but he's going through all of these symptoms all the way through the season, and all of a sudden, he ain't got shit. That's exactly how I feel about this shit. So you're going to tell me that she didn't have cancer, which is, you know, okay, whatever. If that's cool with you, it's cool with me. Um, she didn't have cancer, but, you know, she had found out six months later, like, I guess her mind was telling her that she had cancer, like how false pregnancy could happen. But, you know, she started having all these, like, I'm just, I am disappointed. This is... I mean, at least if you're going to make it happen like this, make it be, oh, we misdiagnosed you. That's our fault. And then once you find out that she was misdiagnosed, you should be happy, motherfucker. Like, you should be happy twice because you're about to get paid like a motherfucker. You're about to be <laughs> out there with the money gang. Don't be mad at this new doctor who's saving your life. Like, he's literally putting a new lease on your life. Hug that motherfucker. Dr. Chong Lee is trying his hardest and you just giving him the blues. Like, I know you mad at this doctor and, and, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I am, I am ambivalent on most doctors. My doctor is dope and the doctors who saved my son are dope. But there were also doctors who misdiagnosed my mom with breast cancer, like told her she didn't have it. And then when she found out she had it, it was almost too late. She had to go to a completely different hospital to find out. Like, that's fucked up when you got to go to a whole different place to find out. But I mean, if Vernita had went to a whole nother place, she would have found out she didn't have cancer. So, nigga, why are you being lazy? I guess that's why I'm asking. I guess that's where I'm at right now. Why are you being lazy? You should have just followed through, went right next door to Mick Hospital and got you another fucking doctor. Got you a black doctor. That made you feel better. I mean, you would have had to wait like fucking months to see him because black doctors are all the rage and and, and black folks want to go to black doctors. But even a, a, a white doctor next door could have told you, oh, no, you ain't got that. But the, blame this. I, I think this is the part that he's apologizing for blaming shit on age because word his eyesight is a little bit bad and he misread your chart and thought that a regular ass tumor was brain cancer. That is a leap. That's a whole fucking leap. And then to find out the medication that they've been giving you, they don't even, I, I hope she ain't got Parkinson's. Like they just dropped that off, didn't they? They just pink. You might not have breast, you may not have brain cancer, which is good, but you, we've been giving you Parkinson's disease medication uh, I think they were saying, though, like, don't worry about that shit. I think they were saying, like, yo, the, the, the Parkinson's disease medicine made you into a sex addict. I mean, if it's helping with my leg twitches, then it, it makes me want to have sex all the time. I'm okay with that. You ever notice that every book where somebody is a sex addict, it's it's a lady. I was thinking about that. Like the books that I've read or the movies that I've seen, which are usually porn. <laughs> but the stuff that I've seen where somebody's a sex addict, it's usually a, uh, a woman. And that is quite simply because when a man says they're a sex addict, that shit is just pitiful. Folks just looking at you like, no, the fuck you ain't. You're just a cheater. There's a singer who was really famous with dating or married to a really famous woman. Then he cheated on her and was like, I'm a sex addict. And folks, like, if you don't get all the way the fuck out of here, I guess it's because in books and in cinema, 
they just believe that uh, women can literally get sex whenever they want, wherever they want. I don't know how true that is. I don't like, I, I figure that, you know, but guys aren't able to do that for a multiple amount of reasons. Like most of us are ugly as fuck. And also because, you know, you can't just push up on everybody. That's just creepy. That's just wild. That's weird. But okay, she doesn't have cancer anymore. You know, let's wipe that clean off the books. So now she can finally concentrate on being a good goddamn friend to Alice because she still is just like, fuck that woman and fuck her family and fuck her daughter, Sharday. With Sharday, yeah, you're going to be riding the bus, baby. I'm not coming back to that motherfucking hospital. But I mean, she's talking about she's never, ever, ever going to see Lamar again. It's a lot of evers. For him to be marrying your best friend, how you gonna pull that off? I mean, sure, if you don't like him, then you could just be like, meet me at the club because I don't want to see your husband. I don't like that motherfucker. But then Alice is gonna be like, well, you ain't never seen him before. Why don't you like him? Well, his breath stinks through the phone. Like, what? What the fuck? What kind of reason can you give? Nigga, just get over yourself. Because there's nothing you can say that's going to make Alice understand why you ain't fucking with her no more because you fucked with her husband or her fiance before she even met the motherfucker. That shit still don't sit right with me. Anyhow. Anyway. Chapter 14. It was a sunny yet cold Friday morning. 10 a.m. flashed on my alarm clock on my nightstand. Ever since I learned that I didn't have cancer and that this medication I've been taking all these years has been messing with my sex drive, I couldn't go anywhere. For the past three days, I've been holding my house, mainly sleeping in my bed. Although I was so tempted to continue taking the medicine, I realized I had to slow my roll. I didn't know what other side effects might result if I continued to take it. Thank God the tumor turned out not to be cancerous. However, the more I thought about it, the more I realized the doctor was right. I need to think about getting off that medicine so it didn't cause me to have any other issues. Charday had been blowing up my phone, asking if everything was okay. I told her I was severely under the weather and that I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it out to the hospital to be by Alice's side. She told me she would keep me updated about Alice's condition. She was still in a coma, apparently. By the grace of God, the doctors have said that Alice didn't sustain that much injury to her brain or her heart. However, they were keeping her heavily sedated to allow her body to heal as much as it could while they kept her under observation. Now that I had been weaning myself off this medication, this weird depression set in and I was feeling so unmotivated. I tried to use some other herbal supplements to see if that could help me out with my energy levels, but nothing worked. I was zapped. Shit, I grumbled to myself as I managed to crawl out of bed and make my way into the kitchen to fix myself a pot of coffee. That wasn't helping either, but it was doing a good job of at least getting rid of the headaches I was experiencing from withdrawing from the medicine. All of this completely made sense now that I had time to myself to really contemplate the last couple of years, especially these last six months. When I found out I had cancer, I scaled back on taking the medicine and my sex drive went out the window. However, as soon as I started taking that medicine again when my leg twitching really got bad, it just so happened I started to feel like my old self again. No pun intended. After I fixed myself a cup of coffee, I sat down in my living room and returned back into a slump on the couch. I turned on the television and flipped through the channels. Once I landed on one of these crazy court shows, I went into a daze. My mind filled with so many dreadful thoughts and I really started to feel like I was really in my upper 70s. Oh Lord, this heavy feeling was just too much. As some minutes passed, I just sat there with my eyes latched onto the television but I wasn't paying attention at all. Everything just seemed like one big blur. Suddenly, a weird urge bubbled up in me. I had to take that medicine. I just wasn't feeling right. I needed it. It made me feel so different. All of a sudden, I got up from the couch and like a zombie walked back into my bedroom's bathroom. I went through my medicine cabinets and pulled out the bottle of Mirapex. 
I popped the cap open and took a deep stare at the sea of pills. I was prescribed to take two a day, but I had it in me to double up. I was so damn drained that I probably needed the extra pills just to get my energy level immediately back up. Anxious, I tapped four pills into my left palm and stared at them for a moment. Then, without hesitation, I threw them back in my mouth and swallowed them. I ran some cold water in my bathroom sink and then cupped some water in my palm to wash the pills down. Hopefully, those pills will kick in soon. I couldn't waste any more of my day lounging around the house and started to notice I was becoming very flabby. After three goddamn days, are you serious? For real? Come on now. For real? Okay. For real though? <laughs> I need to get into the fitness club ASAP. So I took my robe off and then hopped in the shower. Some 20 minutes later, I was in my gym attire. By now, it was approaching 11 a.m., and as I made my way out of the house, my phone started buzzing. I whipped it out of my purse and saw that I had a text message from Charday. Miss Bernita, Mama is awake, she texted me. My eyes beamed with excitement when I read her text message. Thank God. I clutched my chest and suddenly wanted to bust out with tears of joy. I quickly shot her a text back saying I was going to be at the hospital as soon as I got done running my errands. I threw my phone back in my pocketbook and then pulled out my keys as I strolled up to Paulette. However, before I hopped in my car, I heard the rumbling that green charger parked in my new neighbor's driveway. The windows were completely tinted, so I couldn't make out if someone was in the driver's seat. Since it was very cold out, it could have been that whoever my new neighbor was had a remote ignition and started up their car while they were still inside the house. But then just as I was about to open up my car door and get in, the driver's side window of the charger rolled down and I saw what looked like an older chocolate woman sitting behind the steering wheel. That caught me by surprise. Damn it. Child, I just knew that car belonged to a roughneck nigga in possession of a big dick. Hey! You're my new neighbor, the woman shouted out as she flashed a huge smile, revealing a mouthful of gold teeth. Now that really took me by surprise. Hey there, how are you? I smiled back as I walked over to the car. However, the closer I got, the more I realized this woman had to have been at least in her late 60s, if not early 70s. Shit, she could have been my age. I'm Bernita Washington, I said, extending my hand through the window. She reached her hand back out. I'm Rodessa. It's nice to meet you, she exclaimed through a discernibly thick Southern accent. I, I can't do Southern accents. I mean, I can't. Let's try. I'm a... <clears throat> the voice of Rodessa will now be used in a Southern accent. <laughs> She sounded like she was from Memphis, maybe even Mississippi. I had to ask. I saw you just moved in a week ago. You from Chicago? Nah, I'm from Memphis. Me and my husband just moved up here not too long ago. Well, he's actually from Chicago. My assumption was confirmed. Rodessa and I continued to talk for a few more minutes. She told me that she and her husband, Ricky, had owned a number of businesses back in Memphis. They wanted to change the scenery, so they sold them and decided to get in a real estate flipping or something like that. Child, I had no idea what all of that even meant. I was just so caught up in the fact this woman had a mouthful of gold teeth. Then the outfit she had on. Child, she looked like she was dressed like she was about to go to one of them hood nightclubs on the south side. Although it wasn't extremely freezing outside, I wondered if this woman knew how exactly cold it could get in Chicago. She was dressed like Wills in the middle of an Atlanta winter. Child, you know folks down south swore 40 degrees was cold. Hell, that's spring in Chicago. Anyway, Rodessa's complexion was dark chocolate, but this woman had this voluptuous purple weed stitched into her head. To top it off, her entire face was covered in the thickest makeup. Where in the hell was she going? It had to be a strip club. I was almost certain. Woo, child, the ghetto. So yeah, Ricky and I have been flipping houses like this, like I said, for quite some time now. She continued talking about real estate and her other hustles. Speaking of which, 
I wish this motherfucker would hurry up. She roared, smacking her teeth. She started honking her car horn. Slow ass boy. Well, anyway, Rodessa, it was nice to meet you. I'm going to go ahead and go to the health club, I said, trying my best to quickly end the conversation. Oh, it was nice meeting you too, Vernita. Maybe one day I can invite you over for some drinks and shit. My husband used to be a bartender. He can make some decent-ass drinks, girl. Sure, why not? I said back to her, although she was seriously going to invite me, I'd probably decline the invitation. She just seemed a bit too hood for my liking. Now, I ain't got nothing against hood, folks. Hell, I was born and raised in the ghetto. But as soon as I got married to Clarence, I moved the hell out and spent a good chunk of my life living around nothing but white folk. Granted, Rodessa was much older and probably didn't keep up no mess, but I was just floored to meet somebody who was my age range but acted like they was much younger. Then again, who was I to judge? Hell, I pretty much have been doing the same thing, but, I mean, I was classy with mine. This chick just looked like she was doing the most. Although it wasn't my business to ask just exactly how old she was, I knew from them wrinkles in her neck and those molds in her face that she was pushing at least 70 at the minimum. I had it in me to ask, but I really just wanted this conversation to be over already. Finally, shouted Odessa, slow-ass nigga. I turned around and make out who this Ricky that Rodessa was married to. A baby? Let me tell you something. When my eyes latched on to Ricky, I almost collapsed right in the goddamn driveway. This was one fine specimen of a man. My pro was thumping in my panties, and if I didn't control myself, my juice was going to freeze up in this cold. Ricky was tall and thick. I mean, really thick. Not fat, but thick. He stood at least seven feet tall and had long dreadlocks running down his back. Although he was still feet away from me, from afar, I could see he had piercing hazel eyes. They were Asian-like, too. This boy had to be from somewhere. Probably some island in the Caribbean. Had to be. Oh, and his skin. This nigga had a bronze glow, you hear me? A glow. He had this broad, chiseled face with this well-trimmed beard wrapped around it. He walked up to me, and I just stood there in shock. Oh, child, this your husband? I had to say to Rodessa. Yes, he is, she laughed. Now, I hated to be that type of woman, but as Ricky walked up to me, I was trying my best how to figure out how this old ghetto hag could snatch up a fine-ass nigga like this. Ain't no way in hell. Rodessa obviously had to be the breadwinner, and this boy was just mooching off her. Shit, he could mooch off me, too. Mooch off this fat cooch. But you know what? That was another thing. This boy like he was no older than 30. How in the hell did she get with a boy like this? Now she invited me over for some drinks. I was definitely going to have to take up that invite. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Standing inches away from me, I couldn't help but stare at this nigga. I gave him a quick up and down scan. The boy had on these gray sweatpants. So you already know the first thing I noticed that elephant trunk dick sitting right on the side of his leg. My palms got sweaty and I felt the hair on the back of my neck rise. That medicine was now really kicking in and my ovaries were ready to explode. If I was 30 years young, Bernita would definitely be trying to have his baby. Hey there, you must be our neighbor. I'm rich, but everybody called me Ricky. It's nice to meet you. Ricky said as he extended his hand. I reached my hand out and slowly shook his hand. And ooh, child, his hand was so big, thick, and hard. I usually hated it when men have fucked up hands and fingernails. But when I felt them calluses on his palm, that sent me into a deeper frenzy. That meant this nigga could lift some serious weight. And if he could push and pull some serious weight, that meant he could toss my ass right. Oh, this ain't right. This ain't right at all. That medicine was really going into overdrive, and there was a part of me that instantly wanted to fall to my knees and get to sucking that dick in the most expeditious manner. I wanted to drain them nuts of every sperm cell up in there. Baby, I wanted to suck the lining of his dick and ass. Clenching my fist hard, I had to suddenly snap myself back into reality. 
I was making it way too obvious that I was feeling a certain type of way about this man. Yeah, handsome man, I said as I pulled my hand back and then looked at Rodessa. Girl, child, honey, you better be careful out there in the Chicago streets. One of them young bitches might try and throw themselves at your man. Oh, no, he know better. I'll fuck him up. He even tried to think to look twice one of them ratchet-ass hoes. She laughingly roared. Besides, no offense, but these Chicago girls are a bit rough around the edges. Dirty as hell, too. Not saying anything back, I just shrugged my shoulders. But then I said, well, that's any city. I'm pretty sure they got some rough ones in Memphis, too. Now, I know this old washed-up trick wasn't talking about folks. Her ass is like a hot mess that crazy wig and outfit on. Shit, you ain't lying, Ricky commented. Just like that, Rodessa's facial expression went from that of laughing to rage. She smacked her teeth and then shouted, Boy, get your ass in the car. We already running late for this fucking meeting. Bruh, calm down. I had to send off that email, Ricky said as he walked over to the front passenger door. Sensing the tension, I simply said, Well, I'll catch up with you later, and you let me know when you want to have them drinks. Yeah. I will, Rodessa replied, but this time a faint smile was on her face. I could sense the shift in attitude. Guess when I rebutted her and Ricky agreed, she didn't take well to that. She rolled her window up and then quickly pulled out of her driveway. I spun around and then sauntered back over to my car. I can't believe I got an old thought living next to me. Hell, I thought I was the old hoe. I guess I'm beat, I said to myself, shrugging my shoulders. What a world we lived in. I wonder if her ass is on some medication too. I hope she ain't. I hope she pulling fine ass niggas like that and ain't using no medication and she got this purple weave in her hair and she dark chocolate and all that kind of shit and you hating and she just got better than you. She just better than you. I just hope that's the way it is. I hope she got everything you looking for and that she's just radiating it. She just shining it. I hope. But knowing how this book is going, that nigga's a fucking jig or she's a she's a pimp and, and he's probably her sex worker and they're gonna end up getting into some sex page or something like that. And it's just gonna be crazy. I don't know why this motherfucker thought she had to take four pills to catch back up. Like nigga, you don't catch up on medication like that. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Also. Uh, I almost threw Maine in there like three or four times. Like if you say Memphis, I got to say Maine because, you know, hustling flow. I'm glad that I resisted. Um, this woman is a drug addict. She was going through withdrawal. She felt compelled to take the medication again. And then she thought she had to double up. I think she's addicted to the pills. I think that's something Dr. Tron Lee should have told her about. But she probably didn't give him a chance because she was being hella rude to him. She's going to end up fucking Ricky. Uh, Rodessa's probably going to try and uh, fight her. There's going to be an old woman fight because I think Quan Mill would find that funny. <laughs> I wouldn't find it funny, but I think he would. Um. I would really love to get this nigga on once I finish up this book and just ask him, what the fuck, dude? Like, seriously, what the fuck? I'm going to have to work on that. Um, but yeah, no. Like, you got to understand, you ain't the only person who likes dick. Like, you ain't the first one to do this. You ain't the first one to throw it back on young niggas. You ain't the one to start this gangster shit. Like, talking about... You know, she got a mouthful of gold teeth and that throw you off. Nigga, you ain't the first one to do this shit. And, but you are even admitting it to yourself as you see her initially. The thing, you know what? Vernita's a motherfucking hater. That's what it is. That is literally what it is. She hated on um, the niggas will... And uh and 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 Kel's at the Markel at the beginning uh, until she found out they could do her and then it was fine. She was hating on the Mexican dude. She's hating on Rodessa. I wonder if she gonna call up Mr. Juan. 
or if that was just a fantasy that she was having that just went past. And she ain't going back to the hospital, not with Lamar around. I don't get it. I don't understand hating like that on your friends. But then again, this is the book that's made for drama, and that's why we're in Ratchet Book Club. I mean, we read this shit. Uh, let me know what y'all think. We're on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rashani. Um, and just let me know what y'all think of the book thus far. If you got any questions or anything like that, maybe after the entire book is done, we'll do a Q and A. So if y'all have any questions thus far, go ahead and send them to me, um, either on Twitter at ratchet book club or at wretched and ratchet at gmail.com. Um, we'll do a thing where I go ahead and answer the questions that you may have. Cause I have the same ones you know, or comments or what you, what you liked about the book, what didn't work for you about the book. This is a book club. I'm just the host of it. Um, so let me know what uh, y'all like and didn't like about the book and we could discuss it. What made you feel different? What made you feel funny? What made you laugh? What characters you're liking in this book? Because we're 75% done with the book now. Um, which means there's probably like, what? Um, yeah. Two more chapters uh, in the book. And then we're done. I mean, there's an epilogue, too. I'm going to read all that together. So next episode, we'll be done with this. So if you got anything, hit me up. Let me know. I know we're going through these quick. We're going through, like, a book every two weeks or a book a week. But, I mean, I like reading. So, and I hope y'all like listening. If you do, leave a five-star review. Uh, again, wherever you listen to podcasts at. If the place you're listening to podcasts at don't allow you to leave a five-star review, uh, just go to iTunes. Uh, let your friends know about the show. Share it with your friends. Uh, follow us on Spotify or wherever, again, you're listening to the show at. And I hope y'all are having a great day. Um, it's spring. Unless, again, it's 20 years down the line, at which point, War is everywhere. <laughs> the only thing that's going to save you now is falling into the world of Ratchet Book Club. I don't know why I'm speaking like a fucking wrestler. Also, that Southern accent was fucking awful. Um, I, I might need to throw some mains up in there again. But the way Rodessa was looking at her, I ain't going to talk no more. She's just going to end up sucking Ricky's dick. That's going to happen. I already know that. A dick will be sucked. Dicks will be sucked. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Anyways, y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to Ratchet Book Club. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're out. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast.